Welcome to Success Leaves Clues Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Brackett, and I've been blessed enough in my life to meet individuals who've been able to leave me clues on my journey to success. The goal of this show is to bring you the experience of those who have achieved great things and allow you to be a fly in the wall, soaking up clues for your own journey to success. doing out there this is your host gary brackett on success leads clues episode number four uh extremely excited right now to be sitting in front of cj mcclanahan you got um, it business keynote speaker sales and leadership coach and small business guru love it we, we just termed him another phrase today i, I originally met cj last about two years two ago. years ago mm-hmm. two years ago now um cj was interested in helping our foundation mm-hmm. and getting the word out there um so i was on his podcast yes, sir um so i obviously starting up i wanted to return the favor uh, but not only that uh, when you check his linkedin profile when you checked out some of the information his sales coaching uh, his business development his now digital platform that's right we're going to talk about that a little bit um he is really an awesome guy and gets up some really great information if you're an entrepreneur if you're a small business owner and if you want to reach that hurdle and get over that uh, hump that we all face sometimes, he's a great resource for you to reach out to. So uh, definitely a pleasure. Thanks for being on. No problem. Thanks for having me. I love it. I love our podcast studio here. This is big time. Thank you, man. This is uh, big time. Uh, he, we were just joking. Uh, CJ has a little uh, podcast envy. Yeah, I got uh, huge, actually it's huge podcast envy. <laughs> Over the resources, uh, we went to uh, our local Sam Ash and, and picked up some products. Um, and it's amazing, right? Because I, I live life on this notion where everything seems impossible until you do it. And then you're like, that was easy. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. No doubt. All right. yeah. and, and for me, it was the podcast. Like for two years now, mm-hmm. I've always been thinking like, I want to start a podcast. I want to do something. Mm-hmm. And then it was always a time who would, who would run it? What would it sound like? The graphics? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't do it. So I took myself out of it for a year. And I went to the store. I'm like, what? That's it. It's not hard. And yeah. then, and then you go. So it was amazing. So, so, so touching on that point, what would you say to, to some of our listeners that's dealing with one of those issues, right? They, they're, they're scared. They did not jump. How, how, how would you coach them? Yeah. It dep- okay. It depends on the jumping. I don't want them jumping off a bridge or <laughs> yeah, anything. Exactly, like that. But, exactly. You know, fear is typically, Gary, fear is one of these things that it, it, it almost never comes to fruition. We get ourselves so worked up in everything. And from an entrepreneurial standpoint, I mean, people are terrified to be entrepreneurs because they're so terrified of failure. You know, I started my business 14 years ago and people think you are so brave. You took this giant risk. And I'm like, I was terrified. But if you look at entrepreneurship by taking one small step at a time and you just do this little big, this little chunk and this little chunk and this little chunk, the way the market is today and the way technology is today, there's really nothing we can't figure out. Right. And and then the notion that some people think that they have to go all in into being an entrepreneur. Right. Right. And, and most successful entrepreneurs they start their second business while they're at another company. It can be done. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially today, right? It, entrepreneurism, taking risks, taking chances is, it's all about learning in any, anything you want to do, you have to take some sort of risk. So right. um, the thing about entrepreneurship is it's like, well, it's like podcasting. It's people have this fear, which is irrational, which is I don't have what it takes to be an entrepreneur. 
They have that fear. And I can tell you, Gary, I've worked with some morons who make <laughs> truckloads of money as entrepreneurs. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, if, if you look at entrepreneurism as a system uh, and you say to yourself, I'm, gonna, I'm going to master the system. I'm going to take a risk here, take a risk here, calculated risk, discipline myself to master the system. The next thing you know, you're an entrepreneur. I didn't even know it was going to happen. It can absolutely be done. Not everyone can be an Let me take this. Everyone can be an entrepreneur. I believe that. Not everyone should be an entrepreneur. I I believe that wholeheartedly. There there are some people that, you know, and and not saying that everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a big misconception and on the internet and on Instagram and some other stuff. Uh, it seems sexy to be entrepreneur, right? right? Oh, you have all this money. You can have all these quotes and have all this stuff, but it's extremely difficult. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, if if anyone tells you it's easy, you're being lied to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Gary, you meet a lot of people. Have you ever met an entrepreneur who's like, man, it was just real easy. I started one day and the next thing you know, I got a lot of money. Yeah. Not, it doesn't work not, that not, way. Not at all. They, they all had to work through something. They all had to figure out and they had to solve a problem. Yeah. Well, I'm sure your, your journey is real easy, right? You just woke up one day, bought yeah. it all easy, wasn't it? <laughs> it, it? It's it's amazing. And then, um, you know, obviously, um, Stack Pickle is the franchise mm. that I own. Um, 10 here locally. Um, just started franchises. So I was very excited about that. But I meet people all the time and they say, you got to the restaurant business and they say, wow, that's risky. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, T- tell me a business that's not risky. Right. And I will put all my chips in the middle. Oh, gosh. No kidding. Yeah. No right. Doubt. Yeah. There, there, there's no such thing as an easy business. There's such, there's a such thing as passion. Mm-hmm. What, what are you passionate about? And if you match that with a business that you really love, enjoy, mm-hmm. and you can make money at, then it becomes easy yeah. for you. Right. Because you're passionate about that thing. No doubt. But if you think, oh, this guy makes money because he sells X, and you think if you sell that, that that'd be great. Mm-hmm. If you're not passionate about that, it, it won't be great. You still will struggle with that idea. Oh, 100%. Passion is, everyone is uniquely wired to do something. Right. Um, whatever that something is. And it's hard to figure out what that is. So I don't want to say that go to this, go, go to a website and you'll figure it out. It's hard. It takes years to figure it out. It took me forever. I went, when I went to college, I went to law school right after college. And I lasted one semester, by the way. So (laughs) my next introduction should say business guru, law school dropout. (laughs) So um, what I, as I look back right now, it is so clear to me that I don't have any passion to be a lawyer. I mean, zero. Right. Um, But you have to keep searching and grinding and searching and grinding until you find that thing you love to do. And once you find that thing you love to do, get out of the way. Right, right. So let's define searching and grinding, Mm -hmm. right? Because sometimes I think you have to, you have to, drop things down to the basic common denominator, right? And mm-hmm. and some people don't know how to search and grind. But now in the Internet of Things mm-hmm. and YouTubes and everything else, there's probably something that you want to do. Like, how, how how would you suggest them going out to research that topic? Yeah, the good point. So different, obviously, today with Google. Mr. Google tells us everything. Right. The good news. The bad news is Mr. Google's overwhelming. So yeah. I want to be an entrepreneur. Hit return. Oh my gosh, there's 7 billion websites. The first 15 are going to tell you, you can be a millionaire overnight. I mean, it's all nonsense. Um, When people say to me, how do I figure out what I want to do? How do I search and grind for what makes me passionate? I say to myself this, you're getting ready to get an MBA in searching and grinding and finding your passion. The concept of it's going to be easy is nonsense. So do not expect you're going to go to one website and figure it out. There's a few steps you go through. Number one, what I always do is I say to myself, first of all, it's going to take a year. One year, bare minimum. Just be prepared for the grind. You think it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Number two, um, I'm a spreadsheet guy. I hate to admit it. A little bit of a spreadsheet nerd. So I recommend everyone puts a spreadsheet together 
and puts across the top. In fact, if anyone emails the show, Gary, I'll send them my spreadsheet for figuring out um, uh, what kind of a business you should get into. And across the top, you list different characteristics, you know, um, I like it. It makes me good money, low risk, low capital investment, whatever they are. And then you just start ranking different ideas that you want to get into. And the key is to be wildly curious about everything. I mean, wildly curious. Everyone you meet, ask them, how do you do what it is you do? When did you start doing that? I mean, just ask everyone a million questions. And what I'm telling people is all you're doing is you're amassing data. I'm in the data acquisition process, but no one wants to do it, Gary. Everyone wants to know, just can't you just email me what I should be doing with the rest of my life? No. I mean, that would be, if I was that good, (laughs) I would have to really improve, raise my prices. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, through the root. And then, um, but eventually you have to put some skin in the game. For example, um, let's say I want to buy a franchise and mm-hmm. I don't know what franchise I should buy. Although I probably should buy Stack Pickle, right? Stack Pickle would be awesome. Absolutely. Buildthepickle.com. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's, say I want, let's say I want to do that. And I keep looking at franchises and I keep, you know, and I'm not really doing anything. I'm just Googling them. Well, then I, this actually happened to me recently. I said, you need to, to a friend of mine, you need to get in on an airplane, fly to this city, attend one of these um, conferences that have a bunch of franchises there. And he's like, well, that's going to cost money. And this, what if I don't like it? I'm like, listen, this dabbling, it's not going to work. Right. You got to put some skin in the game. And if it means spending some money, getting on an airplane, that's what it takes. So eventually the searching and grinding, you've got to begin to push yourself out there and take some chances. So what, what I've found in, in my career and, and talking to, to, to a lot of players transitioning or, or just people who want to be small business owners is this notion that they don't either want to put in the time all the financial resources mm-hmm. to, to help them evaluate that decision and, and investing in yourself. People always ask, what's the, what's the number one thing you would you invest in? Mm-hmm. And my answer is always in yourself. Oh gosh. Yeah. It has to be in yourself and it has to be, if you have a goal, a dream, an ambition, you have to research that. Mm-hmm. And, and I wouldn't just take someone's, you know, you, you're going to talk to one person. I would just, I would take that with a grain of salt. I would talk to multiple people and mass that data and for me, why my transition was easy from the NFL, because I, I read this book called, um, be, uh, no, it was um, Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. Oh, really? I've never heard of that. Okay. Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. And the book was all about making these intentional relationships and doing things before you're ready to actually jump. So then you you built this baseline the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people fail because they wait until they're ready to go. And then they think, oh, I'm going to quit my job and be an entrepreneur. No, you don't have you don't have any well. You don't have any water in your oh, well. God no. Right? You have yeah. to dig it before you get there. And I think that's why some people should do that research in a year. That's a per- perfect amount of time for you to really develop what do you want to do and, and how hard it's going to be for you. Yeah, and I would say the kind of the, uh, tie a bow on that. So the person says, "Well, how hard do I do it?" And I say, "Well, how hard do you work on your job? Right. How hard do you work on your health? How hard do you work on your family?" You got to set aside hours a week to do it whether it's an hour or two or three, but if you say, I'm going to probably spend a couple hours a month, I'm like, all right, 10 years. And oh, by the way, you're going to quit because it's going to be so hard. Right. You got to treat it like a job. And, and so one, so how do I do that? Well, I like the concept of getting someone in the game with you, whether it's a mm-hmm. spouse or someone of that nature who knows what it is you're trying to do. Classic story of my wife. Um, I'm in the business today because of her. I never forget this. I'm, I'm like, should I do it? Should I not do it? Should I do it? And I'm all over the place. And my wife's like, what are we doing? Just do it. You've thought it through a million times to Sunday. I'm here with you. Just do it. If she had said to me back 14 years ago, don't do it. I'm afraid. Guess what? I'm not doing this today, but you've got to get someone in the game with you. So you're not all alone all the time. 
And, and that's a perfect about, about coaching. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this quote that some people um, ask for coaching, not because they're weak, but because they want to remain strong. And, and this whole notion that, you know, a lot of people who hire uh, workout coaches, right. Mm-hmm. Or, they, or they go to the gyms and they hire a personal trainer after about the fifth, sixth session, you could probably take what they did oh, yeah. and do it on your own. Mm-hmm. But the question is, will you? Oh, absolutely. Gary, if people did what I told them to do, (laughs) my whole job, my whole career would end. I would have to go get a real job. Yeah. And I have coaches. I mean, I I remember the first time I got a a trainer at the gym, this young lady, she says, why don't we do one and see if you like it? And then you can come back. And I looked at her and I said, young lady, I don't know if I said young lady. I looked at her and I said, I'm buying six today, bare minimum, because if I do one, I'm not coming back. Right. I got to have some skin in the game. I got to have someone leaning on me and making sure I do it. And that, that, that accountability is, um, is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it should be shared accountability. I think whoever is your accountability partner, you should hold them accountable for something. Absolutely. Yeah. So if it's your spouse, is it, if it's your sister, is your family member, mm-hmm. if it's one of your best friends. And, and quite honestly, if you don't have someone to hold you accountable, you're probably hanging around the wrong people. Oh, right. Yeah. You, you have a bunch of people pat you on the back and tell you how wonderful you are. Oh, uh, and, 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 and that's very destructive if you're going to be a business oh, owner. Oh my gosh, completely. I had, a, I've had coaches over the years and a lot of the coaches in, so I'm an executive coach and it's a made up industry, which requires right. no training whatsoever. Just in case anyone wants to get in it, just go Google it. You could be a coach by tomorrow at noon. But, um, I've had coaches throughout the years and they were always kind of like, wow, how did you build a business? So on and so forth. And I was getting lots of pats on the back. And then I got a coach like three years ago and uh, her name is Missy. And she was so unimpressed with me. And to this day, she's unimpressed with me and she (laughs) holds my feet to the fire on everything. And I never like it, but I always leave that meeting with her going, man, did I need to hear that today? That's great. Yeah. And that's what we need. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. So with the executive coach, because a lot of people think, um, what does it entail? How much does it cost? Mm-hmm. What's the process? Right. Who would I reach out? It's, it's so intimidating because you hear executive coach, you're like, wow, that sounds expensive. Right. Like, what type of executive Well, coach? I mean, you could get a dope, right? And for nothing, I will tell you this about executive coach. Hey, give us ranges. Yeah. Give us ranges. Um, I've heard $250 right. per month, one meeting a month, right. all the way up to $5,000 a month for 10 meetings a month. It is literally all over the place. If anyone wants to consider an executive coach, I'd I say the following. Take whatever their fees are, right. double it, whatever the fee is, double it, and make sure that you're 100% certain, 100%, 90% certain that that coach will make you enough money in your business to cover the doubling of their fees. And if right. they're not, don't hire them. I don't care if it's a dollar or $10,000. It just depends. Right. Um, and it just depends on kind of what it is that you need. So there in the coaching world, there's this realm from life coach. Again, mm-hmm. if everyone can see me life coach on the left end of the spectrum to business consultant on the right end of the spectrum, I lean way more towards business consultant than life coach. Um, not that one's good and one's bad. One focuses more on business. One focuses more on life issues. There's a million of them out there. Someone said to me, I need a coach. I don't know where to start. I would probably go to something called the international coaching federation it's like an, you get like certified to be a coach. I am not certified in case anyone wants to hire me. I'm not certified by this organization, but th- that's typically where I point people to start. Right. Um, coaching is very personal. You're hiring a human being. Right. And if you connect with that human being and they can motivate and inspire all that other stuff, hire them. If, if they can't, don't hire them. Right. So in, in the terms of um, transparency with your coach, yeah. 
right? I want this coach, but I don't want him to know everything. Yeah. So I'm going to give him how effective can you be if you can't see the whole picture? Yeah. So I don't work with clients who won't tell me the whole picture. Right. Yeah. I, if you're not self-aware enough to tell me the whole picture, I would never work with you. Clients give me their financials first time I meet with them. Right. So it just is, it's probably like a therapist, right? You're either going to tell them a ton or you're not. In fact, I'll, let me back up. If you're not going to tell them everything, don't get one. Right. It's completely waste of your time. Yeah. A complete and utter waste of your time. That, that's, that's what your friends are for, right? Yes, and, exactly. Go, and, go to and, church, make some pals. Go, go to Instagram and, and, and just highlight your life. It's, exactly it, right. It's the biggest highlight reel, right? No one wants to see the play when you got knocked in your butt or no the play kidding. when you got blocked and you got scored on, mm -hmm. right? On, on your Instagram, in your life, on your highlight film, right. there's all the all the highlight plays, right? right? And, and when you want to go to the coach, mm -hmm. you have to look at the total film. Absolutely. And um, and this goes for entrepreneurship too. You're going to get kicked in the groin as an entrepreneur. I right. mean, hard as we were saying off air I, in the beginning, I was making 75 cold calls a day to business owners. I mean, I was getting hung up on, in fact, it took me two weeks to get a meeting, my first meeting. And I remember where it was. I took a picture of my kids here once. This guy looked at me when I walked in the room and I literally thought he was going to burst into laughter that I was a business coach. It is hard work, man. There right. is no easy and everyone sells you on the easy. Uh, be prepared. Yeah. It's hard work, but it's worth it. So, so even for the, for the people out there who are thinking about maybe being an executive mm -hmm. coach, mm -hmm. right? So the, the low range, you may be 100, yeah. 150 hours up to 10,000 hours. Yeah, absolutely. But, but what type of, what type of expenses do you occur? Ah, good question. Um, you know, it is, again, it's all over the place. My recommendation is you get a nice office. So you look like what it is, you know what you're doing. It's pretty low expense field, except finding clients in the beginning. You know, right. finding clients in the beginning is tricky because let's say you were the CFO of a company and coaching sounds like fun. And you say to yourself, I'm a CFO of a $25 million company. Certainly clients will want to hire me. Well, when you go out to the marketplace and you tell them you're now a coach, people will look at you with a stink eye and they're like, you're a what? Right. What do you do? It takes a while. But your expenses are fairly low in coaching, so your gross profit is very high per hour that you're coaching. It just takes a lot of um, it takes a lot of time to get up and running as a coach. Personally, now that we have full transparency, this is really therapy for me, Gary. If I was going to coach someone into doing something, do not get into my profession unless you love it, because it's not the best business model. Right. I have no leverage. Um, if I'm not in front of someone coaching them, I'm not making money. Right. So it's not like the greatest business you could buy, which would be like a small restaurant where you could just hire someone to run it for you yeah. and then you can make money. My business model doesn't allow me to do that. I had coaches underneath me at one time and then I realized they're not me. I don't want to babysit people. So I just coach. So the only way that I make more money is to increase my rates. Right. So it's not a great business. It's very profitable to your question earlier about expenses, but it's not the greatest business model to have um, passive income or any leverage. You're just not going to have it. But we talked a little bit about your digital platform. There's and, leverage there. And digital scales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Digital definitely scales. So where, where are we at with the, the digital platform? What can be found on the platform? Right. What are you, what are you looking to accomplish there? Yeah. So I created, um, so I've been doing this a long time and I created something called Thrive Map University. Mm. And what it is, is it's 50 videos that takes you from soup to nuts on what it takes to be a very successful entrepreneur, a very successful professional, have really good balance in your life and develop the types of habits that make you really healthy and really successful. It's, it's blocked into different sections. There's one on health. There is one on personal finance. I tackle all different kinds of issues. Each video is probably 
eight minutes maybe. And then there's templates with each video. Watch it at your own speed, however you want to watch it. It's going to be, we don't have a price point yet. Sorry, people. We're right. working on that, but it's going to be a one-time price point. It's going to be low. It's not going to be a high dollar price point. Um, and it's for the person who says, I just want a little bit of advice on my time frame when I'm at the gym. Right. Or I'm sitting around my house. And that's fundamentally what Thrive Map University is. It's for the person who wants to get a little better, doesn't want to put gobs of time into it. Right. So, so have you already produced the videos? Have yeah, they're all done. Everything is done. In fact, wow. we're within weeks from launching the whole thing. So do you need any beta testers or anything? Yeah, you, I'll give it to you. Absolutely. Uh, man, that You'll love great, that. Man. You'll absolutely love it. Yeah. That, that, it's, it's, um, I mean, the problem, the downside with it is that I, I have a giant head. And my head is big and bald. You're bald, man. Now, now I saw Peyton's head before. So oh, it was bigger than Peyton. That's right. In comparison. But That's we, right. <laughs> we digress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So the videos is just, the downside is it's my gigantic head. But, okay. But it is, um, I'm, I mean, I'm this guy all the time. I never take anything too seriously. It's for the person who wants to laugh and have fun, but learn at the same time. Right. And, and I follow you on, on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and you're very positive, right? You gotta be. As a mind, and, right. and it's and it's people like, um, and, and I just try to find something every day to either appreciate or be positive about. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, we we all have struggles. Like I have challenges. Uh -huh. I'm sure you have challenges. Mm -hmm. But living life, just worrying about your challenges all day long, you're yeah. gonna drive yourself crazy. Oh yeah, and so. Boy, you do not mean for it to go down this path that you open the door, Gary. So yes. I have a foundation and it's called the two rule foundation. And the two rules are live gratefully, give generously. You can wow. check it out at two rule.org. We, all we do is give money away. So you don't have to give us any money. All we do is give it away. So we don't really, we're just teaching people how to give money away. But the truth is if you wake up every day and you have a grateful heart, mm -hmm. which by the way, in, in the United States of America is crazy hard because all we do is compare ourselves to other people. Yeah. But if you wake up and you have a grateful heart and then you say to yourself, I'm blessed, I'm now going to give to other people. You do those two things. The data shows without a doubt, your quality of life goes up. Wow. Your health improves quality of relationships improves, but it has to start with a grateful heart because if you have a grateful heart, you'll find good things all over the place. If you don't, you won't. So, um, that's amazing. And now uh, give us that website one more time. Two rule.org. T W O rule.org. Give us the two rules one more time to uh, live gratefully, give generously. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So, I, um, I went on a mission trip and I was a little torn, uh -huh. um, on the mission trip and my wife's a doctor. Okay. She's so, a smart one. Yeah, she's the smart okay. one. Uh, she's the retirement plan. <laughs> but um, so she was in this mission during her MBA where they had to um, go solve a problem for this one group. I think it was five elements in the the, 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 the Dominican Republic. Okay. And and my whole thing about mission trips has always been like, I can go to the east side of Indianapolis. And, Heck yeah. And, which I do. And mm -hmm. I mentor and give back part of my foundation. Mm -hmm. So I agreed because it was going to be in this area and she wasn't going to have electricity at night and there's going to be bugs at her tent. She's a little uneasy about it. So as a good husband, I said, man, if this is something that you're passionate about, uh -huh. then I suck up my pride and I, I'll come help you. So initially, like, I'm just I'm just here. I'm, I'm not with your trip. Right. I, I don't care what you're doing. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to the beach. Right. You work. <laughs> so the first day we went out like, oh, I got to see day one. So we went out to the villages and in saw how they live, right? Mm -hmm. Didn't have a electricity, didn't have working water. So th they had to walk down this hill three miles every day to get water, bring it back up, boil it to cook it. Mm -hmm. And to think that that would be like 
for them to not have appreciation. When we went and we walked up this hill, people would invite us to their house. And it was, it was a, a shack where we, what we call, what we generous. Mm-hmm. And they were so proud. And, and to your point, they had appreciation mm-hmm. and they were grateful. They were cooking food. They literally probably didn't have enough to feed their family, but wanted to offer it to you. It is. It's all perspective. And that night we went out in the village and saw them. They were some of the happiest people I've seen in my life. Absolutely. And when I came back, I had this whole notion of like, it's just amazing what we set ourselves up for and what's happiness. What is happiness? How mm-hmm. do you define it? Right. And what do you want for? It? And then in our mind is so crazy, but I'm sure we will be a lot happier with a lot less and given a lot more. Oh, it is. So my, my book touches on this. Um, what I've found is Gary, is that I help people make more money. People right. here, CJ, here's a check. You had better give me more money back. Okay. Let's, that's that's our game. And what I found many, many years ago is this, regardless of the amount of money people would make, I, I thought you make a lot of money. You set a goal, you reach the goal. You are happy and content and satisfied with your life. So what that's, that's my notion. What happens is we set a goal, we make a lot of money and we say to ourselves, not enough. What's the next goal? All right. And, and I'm like, when are you going to really start enjoying it and being satisfied and content? And they say, you ready for this? As soon as I get to whatever the number right. is. Um, the truth is success and happiness, happiness and contentment boils down to how you define success. And I define success as the extent to which I utilize my unique abilities, build meaningful relationships and enjoy the journey. And I study, I've studied that for years. And if you utilize what makes you unique, you build meaningful relationships with the people you care about and you figure out a way to enjoy the journey, everything else doesn't matter. That's amazing. It, it, but it's hard because those three things you can't put in a spreadsheet. Right. You won't see me in the IBJ as the business guy of the year. You won't see my giant house or things of that nature with those three things. And so it's hard in, in, in our society today because we want to quantify what we achieve. And so right. do I, yeah, I'm yeah. a spreadsheet dork. I mean, yeah, I want to quantify everything. Um, but when you lean into that, you enjoy life more. And then guess what? I've seen this happen with my clients all the time. You actually do better in business because you have a better attitude. Wow. It comes around. Yeah. That's bizarre how it works. It, it, it's amazing. I, I've, I've saw this quote um, and it really changed my life. And it said, I, I learned to seek my happiness by limiting my desires rather than satisfying them. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You know, Lao Tzu is a guy, ancient philosopher, and he said something along the lines of, um, the minute you realize you need nothing, you gain everything. Wow. Right. The minute I realize I got it all, I'm fine. Yeah. And it's, and it's back to that appreciation. It's so hard though. I tell you what, oh, yeah. I'd love to tell you that Mr. Know-it-all, CJ's got to figure, I don't, I, I envy, I wake up and moan and groan and complain like you wouldn't believe. I just think I'm better. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a book. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what's the title of your book? The long title of my book is, I literally almost forgot the name of my book. <laughs> you should have brought one, man, for the videos. So this will be on YouTube as well, but yeah. um, I will... <laughs> I literally almost forgot the name of my book. I was looking at you and I'm like, what is the name of my book again? <laughs> I've lost my mind. The name of my book is The Overachiever's Dilemma. Wow. And it's all about the dilemma we get into as overachievers because we achieve, achieve, achieve and never enjoy it. Man, mm-hmm. I need to read this book. We all do. I tell you what, I need to reread it probably. <laughs> it's, it sounds so familiar because it's funny because like in, as an athlete, the pinnacle is always the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The pinnacle is a new contract. Right. And then after you win a Super Bowl and you get a new contract, it's like, what now? Yeah. 
And and what I found was like after the Super Bowl, I woke up, water was still wet. Mm-hmm. I still had to put my pants on one leg at a time, yeah. right? Yeah. But then brush my st- my teeth. My breath was still stink. Uh-huh. And all this magical things that would occur when we reached our pinnacle, mm-hmm. it, it's not. So people in their minds, there has to be multiple pinnacles. And, and it has to be more than life to just reaching these pinnacles. There has to be mm-hmm. appreciating the pinnacles. There has to be giving back yeah. and all these other things. And and for me, I'm always fulfilled a lot more when I'm giving than when I'm receiving. Oh, my God. It is. the da- And the data pro- proves it right now. My last podcast was with a guy by the name of Dr. Stephen Post who talks about the, the positive uh, emotional response, the health improvements that you get from giving back. But I sit on a board, and I've really helped this board out a lot over the years. And I was in front of the board the other day, and they, you know, I'm getting the pats on the back. Oh, CJ, thank you so much for the money and blah, blah, blah. And I looked at him, and I'm like, here's the deal. Giving to you... And helping you makes me feel amazing. If I didn't, I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I hate to be super selfish, but I wouldn't. But every time I give, I feel amazing. Right. When I go to church and I give, I feel amazing. When I give to other people, I feel amazing. This Christmas, my daughter and I, we called up the church a couple of days before and we we're like, does anyone need anything? Is there a family who needs anything? And they told us that someone who worked at the church in this uh, coffee shop could use some extra money because they're whatever the reason was. So my daughter and I went in there. And I ordered a cup of coffee and I gave her, you know, a lot more than what the coffee cost. And I said, keep it. And, you know, she was very grateful. And then my daughter pulled out $10 of her own money and gave it to her, which I did not tell her to do. So I get chills just telling you this story. So I get back in my car and I I go, Corinne, how do you feel? And she goes, I feel great. Do you feel better than if you got a lot of presents? Oh my gosh, I feel amazing. It's my 11 year old daughter. That's great. This is a great, and it's because we're wired by our creator to give and you feel great. It's, it's. It's not what the world tells us. The world tells us acquire to feel great, right. but it just, it's not the way it works. And I think Zig Ziglar said, uh, the more you help people achieve their goals, the more you achieve yours. It, it works. Yeah. It works, but it's hard, right? I mean, to your point a minute ago about Instagram and Facebook, I mean, we could talk about that for days, but you, <laughs> you get on Instagram and Facebook and everyone is happy. And yeah. so what it is, is a competition to see who can seem happier all the time. And it really makes people depressed because you're like, why didn't I get invited? Why don't I have a boat? Why don't I have hair? I mean, you're just scrolling and you just get mad, mad, mad. Instead of just going, man, I'm blessed with what yeah. I got right now. No, yeah. it's tricky. And, and, and yeah. And, and we really are. That's awesome. So the, um, so what's next? What, what, what's next for you? <sighs> so I have a, the foundation is, and I was telling you off air too. Um, 2017 was a challenging year for me. I lost my dad in April at the age of 78 from a stroke, very suddenly, very, very healthy. He and I were unbelievably tight. And then five months later, my mother passed away from an aneurysm Wow, very suddenly. And so, um, I'm a different, I had never lost anyone mm-hmm. before and I'm a different person. And so what's next for me is really, man, you open the door, brother. You did this. <laughs> I right. like it. When people, when people think, all right, this is what happened. So what, what's, I, I wake up every day and I want to inspire successful professionals to give their money and their time away. Wow. Coaching. I love the challenge of business. I mean, I love helping people make more money. It's a blast for me. But if I want to make a global impact, it's to teach and, and inspire professionals that if you want to feel a lot better about your life, give away your time and give away your money. Not all of it. I, forgot. I mean, I want nice stuff too. I want to go on vacation. Yeah, yeah. I want sweet podcast equipment, right? Yeah, that's it, man. But, but I mean, just give it away. So, so what's next for me is how do I build a national platform that allows me to talk about that in a big way? Um, and then, as I said, 
you know, we're, we're raising a lot of, excuse me, we're making more money with the digital platform. We're just giving that all away. Wow. And if I can inspire people to find the charitable organization that, you, that you're real passionate about, then get on the board and give them money and that sort of stuff. I mean, I, I've done what I need to do. That's amazing. Yeah. That's what's next. So since you brought it up mm -hmm. and, and sorry for your losses, mm -hmm. it sounds very similar to, I did remember your story. To yeah. When I went through losing mm -hmm. both of my parents in a short amount of time. Um, so just a grieving aspect and, and, and how, how did you deal with the grieving? How did you compartmentalize yeah. the grieving? Like, how did you overcome? I mean, so many people, they deal with griefs differently, right? As we deal with a lot of things, but how, how yeah. did you deal? Um, that's a great question. So I just, this I'll summarize it this way. I've been in two grief counseling classes mm. or grief groups, both times the only man in the group, right? All women. I am, I'm a therapy machine all day long. I process out loud. I process in your face. I cry. I'm open about it. I've written blogs about it. I've done podcasts about it. Um, the only way that I know how to deal with grief is to just let it out. Yeah. I'm not the, you know how most men are like, keep it inside and don't show. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to, if I'm sad, you know, I'm sad. It's just all the right. way it is. Um, some days my parents and I had great relationships. So even though they died and I didn't get to say goodbye, I don't have the, I wish I would have said this to them, but, um, I mean, some days I'm sad. Yeah. Right, we're getting ready to sell the house in a couple of weeks. And the thought of that house being gone, I mean, it makes me like gut, you know how it is gut wrenching yeah. sad. Yeah. Um, so the way that I'm dealing with the grief is just to be brutally honest about it to people. Um, I have this bracelet on my, um, on my neck. And by the way, anyone can get this bracelet for free. I ordered a ton of them. It says love big. And the reason I have a bracelet that says love big is because my parents loved big. They were not wealthy people. They did not do amazing things, but they loved huge. And so I wear this, my kids wear it. Some of my clients wear it. I just wear my pain on my sleeve and I want people to kind of go through this journey with me. And then to that point, I want you to know, man, you've got to spend time on relationships. Everything else is irrelevant. Yeah. Now that's, that's beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've learned that how you honor the dead is how you live your life. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Right. How have you dealt with it over the years? That, that's how I, how I've honored the dead is how I live my life. Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and just in gratitude and thanks. My, my father was a high school dropout, but he had a PhD in common sense. Amen. And he treated everyone kind. And I mean, everyone. So that's for him, there is no difference between the janitor and the CEO. Mm -hmm. So he talked to everyone. He treated everyone fine. He would lend his money, mm -hmm. lend his time, lend his expertise. And I just learned from them um, to the point last last night. I was uh, coming back from Phoenix, Arizona, from mm -hmm. a convention and I had dinner with a complete stranger. Really? Complete stranger. I, he was from Indy. Hey, how you doing? Like, uh -huh. you want to get something to eat? We're both at the menu. Uh -huh. Hey, let's walk down here and get something to eat. And then we saw the burger joint. Uh -huh. We ordered. I, I got a table, saved the room. Hey, come eat with me. Oh, wow. And I just chatted up with the guy. And he was a negotiator for, um, what's the big engine company in town? Rolls-Royce. Rolls-Royce. Okay, Rolls-Royce, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's a big um, uh, negotiator for them. We just had a great conversation. Mm -hmm. And it was like halfway through the conversation. He's like, wait a minute. Are you who I think you are? <laughs> Did you say, yeah, Gary Brackett, you know, stack pickle? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then he's just like, so he just, he just, right. then like, no, you're like, Wow, I feel like an idiot. I'm like, no, I don't, man. It's like yeah. we, we, I put my ego at the door, man. It, yeah. You know, I, I have so much to learn from everyone. Yeah. And um, just having that passion about life and that purpose about life and just sharing life with other people, mm -hmm. I think that's how I, how I live because I know that's something that my, my dad would do. And, and it would annoy me when I was a kid 
when we would go somewhere or leave church and he talks to everyone, it would annoy the heck out of me. Just like my mom. And now I'm that guy. Yeah. Just big classic story about my mom. We're walking to the airport. I took her to Washington DC a long time ago because my cheap dad wouldn't. And we're walking to the airport and my mom goes and sits down with this old lady and I walk to the gate and then she comes back to my, to the gate 30 minutes later. And I'm like, who was she? How'd you know her? And my mom, this is my mom. She looks at me and she goes, she looked like she needed someone to talk to. And then she gives me this whole story about this lady's life, how this went wrong and this went wrong. And my mom sat there and talked to her. Wow. I would have never done that, but that's my mom. How better would our world be if more people did that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Stop yelling and screaming at one another. Just be kind. Be kind. It's the golden rule. It's so simple. And make it so hard. Oh, we do, man. And then you got politics and everything else and it's divisive. And what I've found and what I've learned that people are way more similar than they are different. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Just be kind. And and if you're kind and everyone's kind of return, there's so much synergies and so much success that be given because there's no monopoly on success. No. Right? Because someone else is successful doesn't impede your success. No. And then the other way. So if we were kind to mm-hmm. each other, we shared and everything else, it would just be a much better place. Yeah. You know, we, I was telling you this earlier. I, I go to one of your uh, sack pickles up in Fishers every Sunday when my son's at youth group and the, the people there are, ba- I can tell they work for you because they got a big smile on their face. Yeah. They're kind to me. I'll sit there for 90 minutes and order one drink. Who wants to deal with a guy like, and they got to fill up my water like 77 times for one drink. And they treat me like I'm royalty yeah. every time I'm in there. No, they're just kind of people. No, and that's we hire happy people, which mm-hmm. just makes our jobs a lot easier. Oh, they're great, absolutely great. No, that's amazing. So, what what um what tips would you have for small business owners? They're struggling. What what issues do you do you mainly see? Yeah, in, in your in your executive coaching. Um, so lots, but fundamentally, it all starts off with um. How do I get a lead? Well, first of all, it all starts off with fear. So when I'll meet a business owner and they'll say, this is going wrong in my business, then this is going wrong. And then they go all the way six years into the future and they just anticipate everything's going wrong. Every business owner that I've ever dealt with, I've got to get them to live in the moment and worry about tackling one day at a time. Because if you look out for the next week, month, year, you're going to just stress yourself out. So number one is to get rid of that fear is to focus on what it is you can do one day at a time. Number two, big issue that I deal with people is they don't understand their gross margins. Um, if you don't understand what your gross profit is, regardless of your business, I mean, you know, this in the restaurant business, you yeah. got to know your numbers. If you don't understand your gross profit, you have no idea what's going on in your business. Right. You get so obsessed with how do I get more, more revenue? Well, who cares what your revenue is if you don't understand your gross profit? So my first bit of advice is live in the moment. Second bit of advice is understand the numbers. I mean, really, really understand the numbers. Third bit of advice is, and you were telling me this earlier, measure everything. Right. I mean, know, know where my leads are coming from, how much my leads are costing, yeah. everything. The more you understand all the numbers, the more successful you can be. And then take care of your current clients. Yeah, Treat them like gold. You do all those things right there, the business will grow, unless it's an idiotic business model, which there, those are out there. Right. I mean, there's silly business models out there. You do those four things right there. Your business tends to grow. I've seen it time and time and time again. And it, and it's just time, right? I mean, it just requires. Oh yeah. I, it's never easy. Yeah. There is no easy. There, there's no, we're not all Apple. We're not all going to come up with some amazing idea and be bajillionaires tomorrow. Right. I wish it was. If yeah. that was true, I would do it. If it was easy, I would figure out a way to get rich easy. Trust me. Working wow. hard. I'm not, I'm not trying to outwork anyone. Right. Trust me. So what, what, what is your, um, and, and probably 
don't share the name mm-hmm. or I don't know, maybe you can. Mm-hmm. What was your greatest success story in, in, in your coaching life? Oh, that's a good one. My greatest success story. I had a client once. Um, well, I'll give you one. Many, many years ago, I had a client in the, I'll give you the industry, the marketing industry. Um, business was struggling. The business owner didn't love the business anymore. We figured out a way to more effectively monetize what it is that they did. We switched their business model around so that it was much easier for people to buy from them. And two years after we did those things, we recruited a bunch of really great people. Two years after we did all those things, they sold the business for enough money where they basically could take like five years off from complete work. Wow. Um, doesn't happen with everyone, but business, honestly, it's not that hard. Getting human beings to behave differently, that's really hard. Right. Um, I helped a client deal with a completely retool of staff not too long ago. We thought the business was going to completely collapse. We went out and got all new people, brought them in, kind of saved the business. Um, lots of those types of things, but it all comes down to a business owner who wants to work. Wow. I, I might be a smart guy. I might not be a smart guy. My advice is irrelevant if people don't want to work and they're not, you know, they're not passionate. They don't want to put in the time and effort it takes to make it happen. No, no, that's great advice. I mean, you know that. Yeah, right? yeah. No. Restaurant business not rocket science, but no, no. some days it's easy. Some days it's so hard. I right. mean, so hard, right? Some days you just are scratching your head, going, "Oh my goodness, this is hard." I'm assuming. Yeah, no, all the time, right? How do I do this? No. Yeah, I bet. And so, it's all. It is almost always simple. Yeah, almost always simple. You know, in 2018, because information has been commoditized, if I have a question, I just Google it. If I have, there, there's no information I can't get. Right. It's not about learning. It's about inspiring people to change behavior or inspiring yourself to change behavior. And it's about action. If you don't do it, who cares? You know, Stephen Covey said to know and not to do is really not to know. Yeah. I mean, do it. Get going. And I think that's where people get caught up with this this whole thing. They have the knowledge. They did the research, but they didn't didn't do the action. Mm -hmm. And that, that... I would rather you do the action and Mm -hmm. then go get the research, right? Preferably one before the other. But action and execution is everything. Get moving. Get going. You got to. Learn, learn, learn. Fail, get up and learn. Fail, get up and learn. Right. No, no way around it. No, no way around it. it. Yeah. So um, let's close it up. Okay. So what, what, what do you do for fun? So what, what what's fun for you? <sighs> That's a great question. I am so boring. You're, you might want to edit this out, BJ. I'm, I'm the worst. Here's what I do for fun. I read a ton. Right. I love reading a ton. So what, what kind of books? Um, I read a lot of spiritual books. Okay. Um, and a lot of business books, a lot of spiritual books, a lot of business books. I'm reading a lot about Zen right now and Eastern okay. philosophy. I'm a, I, I'm a Christian. I read a lot about my faith as well. Um, I go to movies. Uh, my dad and I, this is silly, but my dad and I, when we, when I turned 24, we went and saw Batman Mm. and he and I saw a movie probably 50 out of 52 Saturdays a year for until I had kids for probably 12 years. Wow. And so I love going to movies. I, I want to see black Panther this week. This will, uh, this will, I can't wait to see black Panther. It, it's, it looks amazing. It looks awesome. Um, so go to my, and then I love my kids. I got a 14 year old and 11 year old. I love hanging out with them. Wow. They so 11 year olds, a girl, 11 year olds, 14 year olds, a boy. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. And so those three things I just love doing, you know, it's, it's really fun. Other than that, I got no hobbies. I'm boring. Right. Yeah. Did you exercise. You, you, Heck, you don't get a body like this. I don't know. <laughs> Like marathons, right? I mean, no, I do. I, in fact, I would say this to business owners. Ironically, I, I exercise five days a week and it's not necessarily to get thinner. Um, it is because 
psychologically speaking, exercise is the greatest anti-anxiety, anti-depressant, anti-everything. It is makes your mind um, very sound. If you are not exercising and you feel gobs of stress and you're making bad decisions in your business, find three days a week to exercise. No excuses. At I least, don't at least three. At least three. And, 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 and then it could be walking, find a I don't care what it is. swimming. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of different exercises. The do fact something. that you're injured or something like that is not an excuse. There's something for you to do yeah. to go ahead and exercise. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And do it a ton. Absolutely do it a ton. No doubt. Great. Last question, man. Okay. This has been very insightful. Okay. Um, so title of the podcast is success leaves clues. Okay. So what clue have you learned along your way? That made you successful. Ooh, that is a good one. There's a ton of clues along the way, but I think, and we kind of touched on this one today, Gary, I think the most um, successful clue that I've learned along the way is you have to fail. Right. Um, I pound that. I ask my kids every night, did you fail today? No, you didn't try hard enough. It is. But, but from what we think and what we're told in life is you have to be successful at everything you do. And so we're almost all perfectionists. I will tell you right now, go out and fail, entrepreneurs. Go out and fail. Fail as much as you possibly can. The more you fail, the more you learn. Wow. Great information, man. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. This has been Successfully's Clues, episode number four. Our guest today was CJ McClanahan. Where can they find you at? Uh, you can find me at coachcj.com is my website. And you can also find the foundation at tworule.org. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. If you like this show, tell someone that you know, subscribe, uh, hit those likes. Definitely want to get this thing ranked and uh, keep on bringing you great content. So thank you all very much. And uh, you guys have a great weekend. See you later. Bye. The Stacked Pickle wants to serve you the trifecta, wings, burgers, and beers. But that's not all they have on the menu. The Stacked Pickle also features a full bar, pizza, tenderloin, pasta, and more. Once you stack, you won't go back. Indy's number one neighborhood restaurant and sports bar. Online at stackpickle.com.